Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking with State Representative Frank Ryan. I'm Chuck Nichols, Representative Ryan. Welcome to another report to your constituents. And this week, we'd like to touch on a sensitive topic right now in the United States. And that is the conundrum that we have with people who are trying to be good police officers in this day and age and what proper discipline is, what proper behavior is, and how our society treats these people. Clearly, we've had some issues in the national news lately. Clearly, both sides need to be heard because both have points. Frank, what are you hearing in a debate in debates here in the state of Pennsylvania, and how do we move forward? Chuck, thank you very much. This is a sensitive topic and something that we have to, if we intend to make substantive changes, we have to look at realistically. But it was interesting. I was on Face to State recently with uh, Representative Chris Rabb. We both have prime sponsored a bill for the elimination of the death penalty. And that's not the topic of today's program, but it's actually what precipitated the idea about what to talk about. What happened was in that discussion, it became really clear, uh, for those who don't know Representative Rabb, he's a, a very liberal representative from Philadelphia area, and I'm obviously considered to be one of the more conservative members of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. And in the discussion, it was pretty clear, we had a very robust conversation, that Chris was interpreting everything from the spectrum of race, and my perspective was from the perspective of poverty, meaning that income inequality in the state meant that individuals who were going in front of the judicial system might not get the same representation as someone who was wealthier. And then that dialogue then transitioned into the most recent cases that you saw in, in what happened uh, with the uh, uh, Chauvin conviction that happened in Minneapolis uh, for, obviously, uh, just a horrible kneeling on a, a person's, a subdued person's neck. And he was, again, rightfully convicted. But in that same discussion, it was pretty clear with me that there's a real big misunderstanding of what police officers go through. And I have a tremendous respect. Uh, you know, I spent a great deal of my career in the Marine Corps, the tail end of my career, in Special Operations Command. And when you look at what some of the operations that I would have gone on, they can be nerve-wracking because you literally don't know if you are going from a situation from peace and tranquility to seconds later, pure chaos and potentially deadly outcome. And that's a horrible way to live. And I lived it in particular for three years in the early 1990s. And I saw the effect that that had. And it gave me an even greater appreciation of what police are doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when they don't know what they're going to run into. And I used the example in Face the State where I said, imagine a police officer is going to a domestic disturbance and they don't know if that's going to be the last breath they take. Are they going to be met with a firearm? Are they going to be met with someone who can reasonably be talked to about how they're going to deal with it? It's a height of emotional quandary, for lack of a better term. You know, a former commandant of the Marine Corps, the 31st commandant of the Marine Corps, Chuck Krulak, General Krulak, had a concept that he used to talk to us about. It was called the three-block war. And in current conflicts, he said you have very low-intensity conflict, which is what I would consider to be 
those special operation issues. Uh, you're walking down the street, everything's normal, and then you turn the corner, and the next minute you're in the middle of a firefight. Then you walk to the next block, and everything's back to normal again. Uh, or you have a mid-level contingency or uh, operation, which you're in a battle for a particular location. Once you're getting through that location, everything's okay. Then there's an all-out full-scale war that you saw in, in Iraq and, and also in, say, Vietnam for parts of Vietnam War and World War II, where it's a full-scale war. And, and, and you would see that destruction of cities and the like. And we would equate what a police officer goes through on a day-to-day basis as that low-intensity conflict. And that doesn't mean it's not dangerous. It means it's the exact opposite. It means that you don't know what to be prepared for. And you have to be mentally prepared to be in combat 24-7. And I can tell you from having lived something similar to a, a microcosm what a police officer goes through every day, that's a horrible way to live. It has a toll on your family. It takes a toll on your emotional state. You know, it's interesting, uh, having seen and worked extensively in university systems, uh, in like I was on a board of trustees of a university, uh, they provide a sabbatical to a professor every seven years or so. Now, it could be more less frequently, but it's a period of time. Yet we don't give a police officer that respite. We don't recognize that there's a PTSD component to what a police officer goes through. Imagine living like that. And if you have the opportunity, talk to your local police department to see if you are allowed to go out on calls. Some communities don't permit it, but if you can, see what they go through. So if we want to really solve these problems, we really need to look at conduct on both sides. We need to really recognize that we're putting our police in an unbelievably precarious situation without the necessary support that they need. And I would encourage you, both sides of the aisle, as Chris Rabb and I did, conservative and liberal sat down and talked. Maybe it's time that communities realize that they've got to be personally accountable for their own conduct as well. And maybe we, we should sit down and work with police and communities to say, how can we mutually achieve the same respect necessary to really solve this problem rather than just blaming the police? because it's not going to work if we don't try to really solve this problem. This has been Frankly Speaking with State Representative Frank Ryan.